Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, the frosts. The cold tomps, long tomps are upon us now in the wintering of the year outside the moon underwater here and warming ourselves next to six or seven different fires. Uh, you find I, John, the landlord of the moon underwater, and he, Robin, the lovely Robin, the lovely regular. Robin, how have you been out and about with Jack Frost, William Wind and Colin Cold? Mm, yes, it's getting chilly. Uh, big fan of a fan heater under the under the desk. Mm. Uh, keep the old feet warm and a, a hotty body in bed. A hotty body in bed and a fan heater under the desk. What a dream scenario! Though, do you have concerns, as I do, about um, the amount of electricity that fan heaters use? I really, I really do. Mm. I do. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got nothing on the subject. Well, it's like having a hairdryer on all day. Yeah, I have that as well. Do you really? <laughs> to dry your hair? There's a good bit in um, from the Oast House where Alan Partridge says he turns his hairdryer, hairdryer on for a few minutes to get it really hot <laughs> before he uses it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm concerned about that. How do you warm your feet? How's your circulation, um, well, here in the correct realm, obviously, we've got six or seven fires here of various hues, mm. and also the flames are sort of slightly different colours as well. Yeah. Uh, and one of them is just sort of a long, low fire yeah. for the foot level. Perfect for feet. In the corre- in the other realm, I think I'm just cold a lot. Are you? Are you a cold man? Um, no, I'm very hot-blooded, so I, that means I can cope with the cold. I read an article today saying you should heat your living room to 21 degrees to be comfortable. I thought, 21 degrees? Oh, it's quite warm. Uh, maybe out in the Bahamas. <laughs> what, what, are you saying that's cold or warm? Warm. That's warm. That is warm. Why would you want it warm in the Bahamas? No, I, I'm saying that... Tw- <laughs> I, don't know. I don't quite know what I'm saying. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that 21 degrees is warmer than I have my living room by some mark. Right, I'm sure. But I mean, definitely your comment earlier about electricity, uh, fan heaters, etc. I remember when we lived together, you'd you'd often don a coat inside mm. rather than put the heating on. Yeah, well, it makes sense, doesn't it? 
Because I'm I'm then just warming myself. It's more efficient than warming warming the rest of the house. I don't know. It's a bit miserable, isn't it? <laughs> or is it? <laughs> or is it? Is a good question. Um, luckily, we don't have to worry about such problems in the moon underwater because it just sort of seems to get ahead of the game weather wise. Yeah, it's always got its boots on just before the the, the rain comes. It's always got its sun hat on before the clouds part and oft and wherewithal it's got its uh hmm, how, how would you describe them um shutters closed before the great seven winds right approach yeah yeah that story checks out yeah seems about right yeah so um robin your week in pubs has been well it's there's been very little else talked about on social media. Um, but uh, what? T- tell us the story behind the story. Uh, well, just quite simply, I was in Bristol at the weekend. Yes, please. Um, and I only went to one pub, which was the Highbury Vaults, which was stunning. You only went to one pub? Yeah. How long did you stay in there for? Couple of pints. I was supposed to get post this... post curry vibes, you know. Whoa, 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 whoa! So you're not going to a pub before your curry? No, we met for a curry. We don't, you know, John. You you rule with an iron fist when you're out but of. <laughs> most people would go for a pint before a curry. Sure to surely to goodness. No, it just wasn't the way things were. Go- I tell you, actually, no. I tell a lie. I'm telling you a lie. Because I went for a drink before with my mum. There we go. Yes, so so you're absolutely right. Yeah, but I met. Uh, my friends for a curry. What pub did you go to with your mum? Um, a lounge. A lounge. Yeah. Yes. A night. A not a bad chain of sort of eatery bars. I don't mind a lounge. Someone suggested a good pub quiz actually, which was sort of trying to work out if a, a lounge name is true or, or is real or not. Talk to me, as in like Tinto. Yeah. Um. Uh. What are the how well known is this chain? Is the question I want to ask. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, I might need to veto it because there's one near me. There's a couple in Bristol. Yeah, there's about three or four in Bristol. I think. I'll just look it up in my mind. The lounge. No, that's. Oh yes, that is it. Okay. What's it called? It's. What's it called? Yeah. The part. The part of my mind where I'm finding out about them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, no, I don't think it's got a name. It doesn't have a name? Well, it hasn't got a list of them. You have to, if you go into my mind, you have to search. Hang on, I think that, I think the website does have all the lounges in the world. Let me just see. Find a lounge. Love lounging. Oh, no, this doesn't work. No, you have to search for your postcode. Oh, right, yeah. So I used to live opposite the original lounge, which is called The Lounge. Really? So that is a real word. Okay. Uh, Tinto is a word. It's a type of wine, isn't it? Yeah. Porto is a type of wine. Grupo, I'm guessing, is a type of wine. Uh Uh-huh. I've got a feeling there's one called Benito, which was Mussolini's first name, wasn't it? Oh, Grupo is Spanish. Spanish. (laughs) Grupo is Spanish for cluster. (laughs) (laughs) There is a Benito Lounge. It's in Chalton, Manchester. Um, the Cluster Lounge. The Cluster Lounge. Maybe it's the German group called Cluster. Oh, dear. 
But yeah, you could make hay with that as a round, I think, a quiz round, I think. Yeah. Are the first words in the lounge chain of bars real or not? <laughs> yeah. Gruppo lounge. Cluster. A cluster lounge. Well, we hope you're all set safely in your cluster lounges. Um, talk talk listeners through uh, the hill, the Highbury Vaults. Did you get the snug? No, we didn't get the snug. But the, the, the funny thing was about the Highbury Vaults is it was a Saturday night and it, Bristol's very busy with students at the moment. Right. And so we, we just found ourselves trying to find a pub that was essentially failing because it would be quiet on a Saturday night. I don't know if you've ever been yeah, in yeah, that yeah. situation. <laughs> Um, yeah, totally. You're trying to find the best pub no one will go yeah, to. Yeah, because we walked past the hair and we just looked in and, and Dave said, there are people dancing in there. And we just walked off because <laughs> it's like we just wanted to sit quietly. Nothing. I'm, I'm really pleased the hair's doing well, don't get me wrong. It's a fabulous pub. Oh, yeah. It's a vibe thing, isn't it? Yeah, but dancing in a pub on a Saturday night was not what we were after post-Booner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, so Hillgrove was very busy. Kingsdown Wine Vaults. Oh, we did pop in the Kingsdown. That was very busy. I had a band on as well. Did you have a drink there? Yeah. So your initial, your initial, we just went to one pub is unraveling. Yeah. It's falling apart at the seams. Went to three pubs. You went we? on a full, <laughs> full crawl. I did. Kingsdown's a lovely pub, actually. Kingsdown Wine Vaults, and they do a very good comedy night there called This Next Act which you should check out. Oh, lovely stuff. And they had a very good blues band on, who were excellent, but we just want, were in the mood for, you know, a quiet quiet pint, as it were. But it's top, top place. And the... I don't, hang on, did we try the Green Tree? No, I'm not, not sure we did. Oh, the Green Tree was busy. It was really busy as well. And then we went to the Highbury Vaults, and um, it was busy, but, you know, the Highbury Vaults, you can sort of always find a little... Quiet corner. It was very busy with students and everything. Yeah, the Highbury Vaults is sort of a long pub with a snug on the right, two main sitting sections, and then a sort of big beer garden. Yeah, and it's got a bar billiards table. It's got a bar billiards table. And the good thing is that I think, I would say, as a rule, students are drawn to a beer garden, even in winter. Oh, yeah, because they like to smoke rollies, in it? They smoke their rollies there. Um and that's quite nice because it. No, I would never want to sit in a beer garden at sort of ten in the evening when it's two degrees. So let them have their rollies. They smoke a rollie, wear a baggy t-shirt, oh. wear trousers where like sort of the, are above the ankle. Yeah, so it's two out of three from what we used to do when we were that age. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because because I would smoke rollies, have baggy t-shirts. However. My boot cut, my fashionable boot, boot cut jeans <laughs> yeah. would be grazing the pavement as I strutted around. Uh, yeah, and my baggy jeans would be soaking up puddles. Mm. Oh, getting nostalgic. And um, But, you know, these fashions are coming around again, aren't they? I DJ'd the other night. Yeah, go on. And at the absolute, what I thought was the perfect time to play it, I played Drain You by Nirvana. Okay. And this was like an ind- indie bangers sort of nightclub. Yeah, sure. I just thought the place would erupt, but I just don't think people really listen to that anymore. It's difficult to dance to. It's such a great song for sort of moshing to. Sure. it dep- I mean, are we of our time? Do people know Nevermind as well as we would know it? I'm sure. I don't think I, so. I mean, it's, it's one of the most famous albums in the world, but... Yeah, but I'm just not sure. There's a whole generation of people who I think sort of missed Nirvana a bit now. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People in their 20s. Really? 
What else? Would, so you, so um, let's move on to you. You were DJing. Yeah. So um, I went to one pub on Wednesday after playing dodgeball. <laughs> Weird sentence, but fine. I think it was exactly the sort of pub you were looking for in Bristol. It's um, right in the centre of London, and it's just a real functional pub, almost like you know those pubs you get where. It's almost like the council have realised they're below their allocation of pubs per <laughs> thousand people. Right. So they've just had to put a pub in somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, it's perfectly nice, nice staff, uh, tables free, sort of a mixture of, we went there, I think, at about eight o'clock. So a mixture of the, the tail end of the post-work pinters and um, the sort of, just the beginning of people on a on an evening out, perhaps. Unfortunately, our dodgeball opponents, our, our victorious enemies, uh, walked in as well. So there's a little bit of tension in the air. <laughs> really? um, what did everyone go quiet, like in a western? Yeah, very much like a western, uh, but a western where one of the groups of cowboys are a German dodgeball team. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but no, all good natured, all good natured fun. Um, and then on uh, Friday, I was up in. Salford doing the radio show with Ellis from Salford and we DJ'd in a night bar. <laughs> night bar. Start time. Get this. We're on stage 10:40 p.m. You're you're normally in bed watching cracker DVDs at that time. Well, exactly. <laughs> um and uh it was really good. It's a sort of strange I was on the old uh, Heineken Zeros. Mm. And I have to say, even in um, more rambunctious mood, I struggle to know what to do with my hands when I'm DJing, or in <laughs> fact, my body and my eyes. Well, you just stand there with your hands rigid by your side, just staring. Well, kind out. of, yeah. yeah. So there's photos of me and Ellis <laughs> and Dave, and we look like we're in Kraftwerk. Yeah. Because <laughs> we just stood behind laptops. But what else can you do? I suppose so once you've you got the of... song queued up, yeah, you, there's not much you can do. You know, I mean, are you, are you just DJing from? Like MP3, Spotify kind of vibe, or using laptops and CDs. Mm. So there was a bit of fiddling with faders that I knew played no part in the whole setup to look like I was sort of busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But otherwise, you're just staring at a load of people dancing, which is quite <laughs> intense. Yeah, you suppose you should be reading the room, see what should you know what what song to drop next. Well, a highlight was um, playing "Take My Hand," the theme from Toast. Right. <laughs> Which went down really well. Really? Because it took people by surprise, but yeah. in a really nice way. Oh, I don't toast. Think ever Hold heard. on. Sorry, I thought you were talking about bread. The Carla Lane <laughs> sitcom. <that. laughs> you know. Dun, dun, yeah, 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 yeah. I dun, got you. Dun, dun. And um, people loved that because it was the right... If you're going to play a song people are not used to dancing to, that was a really nice thing to take people by surprise with. They weren't as keen on uh, Half Man, Half Biscuit, I have to say. That's a shame. Other theme tunes you can dance to? What about Sorry? Do you know Sorry? The sitcom was Ronnie, Ronnie Corbett. Yeah, well, you sent you sent the Sorry theme tune on a WhatsApp yeah, today, I was, and I listened to it. Because I was sorry. You yeah. yeah, you can't dance to that, I don't really? think. I, I reckon perhaps the Ski Sunday or the golf, uh, the BBC golf theme. They're so good. Grandstand? Yeah, Grandstand yeah. would be really good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be great to dance to. It would be. Um, and, and so, what did um, what did what kind of 
stuff was Ellis and uh, Dave playing? Oh, stuff people really liked. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really good, like, songs to dance to. And did you do your... You normally play Meatloaf at these things, don't you? Yeah, played a bit of Meatloaf at the start. Um, won't spoil it, because we're doing it again on uh, Saturday, so I won't spoil the surprise for <laughs> anyone coming. <laughs> but I'll just be playing the same thing again, because it got to about half 12 or one. Yeah. And I said, to, Dave said, oh, do you want to play any more? And I said, Dave, I've run out of all the songs I can play in this venue. <laughs> I've got 20 songs that are suitable for this. Yeah. Three or four of which are borderline. Yeah. I have um, I remember DJing in the bar once when I was we were at uni, and um, I remember trying to trying to mix uh, Killing in the Name uh, with um, into Atomic by Blondie. Oh. But I think one was on CD and one was on vinyl, and CD has a much higher volume output. And so the, the the kind of gap in volume down to atomic was was really I mean deeply unprofessional from a DJ. It just sounded dreadful. Well, I'd be interested in your take on this because I think it falls into the realm of music production. The problem with volume in nightclubs, and I guess also in pubs to an extent, is that the people who who tend to have their advice about the volume trusted are the people who work with loud music a lot. Therefore, are the people who's are probably their hearing is slightly damaged, so are always telling you to turn it up. Right. So there were points at which I am not in loud. I'm not in loud places at all anymore. Really, there are points at which I could feel the bones in my body vibrating, and I was saying to Dave, "This is too. This is too loud." That could have just been Meatloaf's kind of uh, erotic power. <laughs> and I was saying, "This is too loud," and he was like, "Oh no, Jack said it was needed turning up," and it's like, "Well, Jack's also a DJ." who DJs every week, so obviously he thinks it's too quiet because his hearing's messed up. No, no. I mean, venues have, like, decibel limits and so... Oh, this place didn't. Really? No, it will. No, it's a, sir. It's a legal requirement. No chance. Well, I, well, I won't drop the venue in it, but there was <laughs> none of that knocking around. You're joking. It was painful. Really? Wow. Because isn't there a thing about how, like, when... When albums get remastered sort of 30 years later, they're often quite bad because all of the people who work on them are deaf. Well, it's not quite that. It's more to do with the fact that music has generally been getting louder comparatively. So there's a whole thing called the Loudness Wars a while back where Rick Rubin and the Red Hot Chili Peppers albums were particularly bad offenders and some of the Metallica albums where they just made them so loud Mm. that A, it would kind of jump out you know, when when you're playing it on the radio or in a club or something. But also, when, when you're getting it that loud, it's getting very compressed as well. So, like, Be Here Now is a famous one, but the Oasis album. It's basically perfect music to play in a pub because there's no dynamic range. Do you know what I mean? So nothing gets oh, lost. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. Well, I'd be interested to hear anyone's drinking experiences in nightclubs, particularly if they've ever been to any pleasant ones. Yeah. Where they've enjoyed their the sort of the bar and the drinks available because they are really a sort of morass of, you know, plastic pint glasses of red stripe. Yeah. And I'm not nothing against red stripe, but you know, the plastic glass smells of Red Bull because <laughs> yeah. it's been used by the soft drink gun, which serves all the different soft drinks like tonic water, Coke, Red Bull, and lemonade out of the same tap. Mm. So it all has that smell of Red Bull. Yeah. And you, they can never hear what you're saying because everyone's shouting at everyone because the music's so loud. You're pushed up against the bar. Tell me some of the great 
dancing nightclubs for for boozing. That's a good shout. I mean, I remember once when we were students, someone put on a night that was like an Americana night. Oh, lovely. And so it was playing country music and it was like Bonnie Prince Billy and some like lamb chop and stuff. That's what I want to do. Yeah. That's what I want a club night to be. Well, it was brilliant. It ran for one night due to lack of interest. (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to run a club night that had a lack of interest, but I just funded and (laughs) it ran at a loss. And it might just be me and six people listening to like Lucinda Williams. (laughs) Lucinda Williams. They do have these um, nights where I can't remember where it is now, but they do things where they like play a whole album in full. Like they did it with one of the War War on Drugs albums and things. Yeah, but that always sounds like a listening party. Yeah. Always sounds a bit intense and a bit earnest. Basically, I just want to play nice music Louder than I'd usually listen to it, but not so loud that you can't talk. Can't order a drink at the bar, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think you want the moon on a stick. I want the moon underwater on a stick. Very good. And I want it to reveal itself all (laughs) over the place. Playing Half Man, Half Biscuit, loud enough that you can hear the funny lyrics, but not so loud that you can't uh, tell your friend how great this song is. That's another one, isn't it, as well? Going to see a band where you can't... I mean, I sound really old. But it's quite hard, often quite hard to hear lyrics, isn't it? Yeah, and especially if you're not super familiar with the band, it's quite difficult. Yeah, apparently Kaz McCombs says to he has a, his instructions. The sound man is, you need to be able to hear every word I'm singing, as it should be. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Anyway, we'd probably talk about pubs. Yes, Robin hit me with some mist. I heard you sighing mournfully, it must be said earlier on. It was definitely in a minor key. Yeah. Uh, yes, I sighed for the mist, and the mist man gave me the mist in, in a minor way. Um, we've got a mist in here from Belinda in Liverpool. Dearest Johnny JR and the lovely Robin, I'm sending this mist mail from the dark and often moist 
Realm of Liverpool 8. Over the weekend, I unfortunately had a very dull date, but thankfully one of his questions, which could have come from a book called Questions to Ask Women, (laughs) gave me the prompt I needed to write Into the Moon Underwater. To give you some context, I moved to Liverpool this June after 13 years in London and quite a dramatic breakup last Christmas. It's a city close to my heart due to my love of the Reds, and more recently, my, and let's face it, everyone's surrogate father, Jürgen Norbert Klopp. And I've spent ridiculous amounts of money visiting at least 13 times a season for as many, if not more, years. On Saturday, the wistful yet supremely boring man, I hope he's not listening to this, by the way, Belinda, sitting opposite me, asked what was the best or biggest thing I'd experienced since moving to Liverpool. I'm not sure he appreciated... What's the best thing? thing. It's sliced bread. No, we all we all know the phrase. We all know the phrase. We, we all know the idiom. <laughs> no, no, that that's an idiom. You're an idiot. No, no, you're an idiot for not knowing what idiom means. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Belinda, we've just gone into partridge quoting. Um, anyway, <laughs> Belinda goes on. I'm not sure he appreciated my answer. Perhaps he was expecting me to wax lyrical about a gig or an exhibition, but as the words came out of my mouth, I realised how truthful I was being. I told him about Peter Cavanas, which I've just realised. I'm, I'm talking now. Belinda says is pronounced correctly as Cavanas, not Cavanas. Hang on. I don't know how to pronounce it now. Pronounced correctly as Cavanas, not Kavanaz, I think, is what she's saying. Ah. But please excuse me if I've got that wrong. PK's, that's a lot better to use. PK's is the last chance saloon, the city limits, your last pint or two on the Amble home to the suburbs and Liverpool's best pub and my moon underwater. I, I totally agree with you, Belinda. I went there with my friend and moon underwater guest, Susie Gage, who lives in Liverpool. And it is I've a never been. Pub. What's it like? Oh, it's beautiful. Well, Belinda goes on. It is not unlike what Bergain is to nightclubs. Peter Cavanas, I hope I'm saying it right, is the pub I would have imagined all pubs to be like before ever setting foot in one. It's very dark, has side rooms, fresco paintings, an alligator skin, round tables with inbuilt ashtrays, and a lot of things hang from the ceiling. The landlady, Rita, lives upstairs, her name set in mosaic tiles on the floor as you walk in. The bar, staff, the bar staff were rude to me for about four months, but now I feel lucky to get a little chat in with them while waiting for my Guinness to settle. Even though my accent says otherwise, they realise now I'm not a tourist. The beer is good, the prices are decent, and there are bacon fries behind the bar. Because of its location, being a bit too far from other good pubs in the area, Little Grapes and Ye Crack to name two, PK's is also somewhere for locals and diehards. A friend and I once tried to go there for a quiet drink and a catch-up, but had our night completely derailed by a 22-year-old girl with purple hair and an old docker who had just met that afternoon and become drunken friends. Sounds quite rather strange. I won't recount her describing in painful detail the novel she was writing. It's somewhere you can go for a quiet drink, but be warned, there is always the risk of an unbridled chat, as is often the way in this city. The pub is also part of the Scouse urban myths surrounding... Alois Hitler? Yes, Adolf's half-brother living on Upper Stanhope Street. (laughs) That sounds like a load of rubbish. It's said that on visiting his half-brother, Adolf himself, like a tipple at PK's. So much that when he was planning his blitzkriegs, he asked the Luftwaffe to avoid the city's Georgian quarter, explaining why it was never bombed. 
safe to say the boring man didn't expect that answer, but I hope you two appreciated it. Much love, Belinda. Lots to chew on there. Yeah, I also wonder what the boring man's take on the date was. Yeah. Like, did he come away saying, Jesus, I, all I asked was, what's like, what have you done since moving to... Like, God, yeah. she was talking about Hitler? Yeah. Well, Hitler used to drink. <laughs> <laughs> Crikey, O'Reilly. I've never heard that urban myth before, but it is a beautiful pub. That's a great urban it's myth. It's a beautiful pub. And the thing I remember Susie telling me is that it's got this beautiful hand-carved oak woodwork inside. And... It's believed that some of this work is said to have been done by craftsmen working on Liverpool's Anglian Cathedral, and which work started in 1904. So it's really, really beautiful and historic. Such oh, a wow. great pub. Thank you so much for sending in such a wonderful description of the pub and its place within the, the, the town that it's in. Yeah. That's great. And also, if anyone else has got any great pub bullshit, yeah. like rumours rumors about their local, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, because um, Will Hodgson's very fond of that kind of... Oh, yeah. The total, total rubbish. I still want to get this name right, because I would say Peter Kavanagh's, but I think she's saying you pronounce it Kavanagh's. What do you think, John? I don't think it really matters. I suppose you're quite right. Hi there, it's Robin from the future here. I just want to clear up that whole pronunciation mess I got myself into there. It's clear to me now that Belinda was saying that the pub is pronounced Peter Kavanagh's and not... Peter Kavanaugh's. I was confused because Belinda's pronunciation guide stated that it should be pronounced K-A hyphen V-A-N-A-S, which I thought was Kavanaugh's to rhyme with Havana. But I can see the error of my ways. It's clearly Peter Kavanaugh's. Uh, so I really am terribly sorry about that. And also, I don't know if you noticed in that section... I said Anglian instead of Anglican, which is uh, clearly the influence of Alan Partridge. And I'm also terribly sorry for that as well. Um, Anyway, on with the show. We've got another missed in from Will. And this is about pub towns. Dear Landlord John and regular Robin, on a recent episode of The Week in Pubs, you mentioned cities, towns with great pubs that weren't London. Obviously, Manchester is right up there, but I would like to put forward a town just to the south, Leek, L-E-E-K, which lies on the edge of the Peak District in Staffordshire. It is absolutely heaving with pubs. <gasps> not not all good, but plenty of belters. The Earl Grey Inn, the Blue Mug, with the best pint of Guinness for miles around, the Fountain, the Old Mill, the Cock, the Roebuck, Bruce's, the Silk Mill, Banks, the Green Dragon, Den Engels, the Wellington Spout, the Britannia, the Dyer's Arms, the Lazy Trout, which isn't actually in Leek, but is one of the best country pubs, with one of the best views from the beer garden, the Silk House Hotel, to name but a few. There is also a Golden Mile, a crawl that takes in eight pubs and is exactly a mile long. Best thing about it is there is no set route or list of pubs to adhere to, as there are so many within that mile to choose from. If you are ever in this lovely part of the country, just know that you won't be short of cracking pubs and cracking pints. Cheers, Will. That's great. I'm just looking. I've never even heard of Leek. I'm just looking it up in my mind. There's so many pubs. It's so great to see that many pubs in a small town. I love the idea that there's a pub crawl, which is a mile long, but it's too chaotic to have a set route. Yeah. You have to randomise. Oh, this is great. Oh, what a place to go. We'll have to go and spend some time in Leek. Yes, please. And we've got another missed mail in from David. 
he says vinegar. Gents, Robin's dad's views, re vinegar and beer, are shared far and wide. So in last week's Week in Pubs, I was saying that um, my dad used to hate uh, pubs where it was the strong smell of vinegar because he thought it actively ruined the beer and made it kind of flat and uh, flavourless. Around 10 years ago, I was in a pub in Cumbria, the Prince of Wales at Foxfield, and when my wife asked for a packet of prawn cocktail crisps, the landlord sneered at her and said that products like those and actual table vinegar were banned as they interfered with the taste of the beer. Wow. The pub is now closed. (laughs) (laughs) What a thing to say to Yeah, to a customer buying some crisps. But I hope the sneery landlord now has to make his living in some vinegar-related job. (laughs) Thanks, Dave. That's a great one. I love that. Oh, that's very funny. Oh, that's great. Um, The other thing I want to talk about is there's some sad Bristol pub news, which is that Wild Beer uh, is is the the brewing company that's actually based in Somerset, and they've got a bar in Bristol. They are going into administration, which is very, very sad. It's, It's a great brewery. Oh, what a shame. They say, we must sadly report that the company has been facing a number of adverse trading conditions, including COVID, the loss of export sales, spiraling production costs, damaging inflation, and an increase in interest rates that have all affected sales. Very, very sad indeed. And Pete Brown, former guest of The Moon Underwater, wrote an article in in The Times about the perilous state of a lot of small breweries and craft beer uh, companies. And he he ends his uh, piece in The Times by saying, uh, an independently owned taproom may be little more than a bar and a couple of tables near the entrance of a unit on an industrial estate. And they may not offer the comfort of pubs, but they do offer the drinker a different kind of experience. You can watch and smell the beer being made and even speak to the brewers, refocusing on the aspects of craft that big corporations would always struggle to replicate could be key. Uh, Local independent craft breweries do far more than just make great beer, said Richard Naseby, acting chairman of the Society of Independent Brewers. They embed themselves in local communities, create jobs, and add value to the local economies they call home. So if you're still looking for a venue for your Christmas drinks party, maybe check out your local industrial estate. Very wise words from Pete there, I think. Yeah, amen to that. And also, I think... You know, aside from all those economic headwinds, all craft breweries and independent uh, brewers have a decision to make when they when things start to go well, because they often run out of space, and you have to find an awful lot of money to meet the demand that your small enterprise has created. The success story then, but the the decision is that. If you do make all that investment and something like interest rates and um, export costs and the cost of the produce suddenly goes up, you find yourself kind of double effed because you've you've sort of put all your capital into expanding to fit demand. So it must be a really tricky decision to make as to sort of how big to go and when to cut your losses and when to stop. And that's so sad that um, Wild Beer have had to make that decision. Yeah, really sad. I think it is a lot of it's kind of in the power of the consumer, really, isn't it? I think, you know, people maybe need to, you know, to just try out local tap rooms and be kind of more adventurous with the places they're going mm. sometimes. I mean, I know it's hard. Mm. More stuff. Because with the price of beer being so expensive, it's like, why not go somewhere and try something locally made and, you know... Get more bang for your buck. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 
Indeedy. But there we go, rather a sombre note. Have you not got a happy mist to end on? Um, uh, I could make one up. Yeah, 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 please, please. Oh, dear John, I like it when you laugh. <laughs> and uh, you, um, you have a, your smile is... Uh, like? Like a... Thousand. Uh, per thousand uh, trees. In yes! The wind! In the wind of yes. thousand trees in the wind. That's very yes. nice. That's, was, and that was from that was from she, um, Sheila. Sheer Sheila. She, Sheila Hampshire. From Sheila Hampshire. Hampshire. From Hampshire. From Hampshire, yeah. Thank you, Sheila, for saying my yeah. smile looks like a thousand trees in the wind. In the wind, yeah. Um, I hope that's not a, uh, not a comment on my somewhat uneven teeth. Oh no no I think I think it's uh, it's very complimentary it's it, it's like saying it's as natural as the breeze blowing through a kind of you know a, a thousand a, trees yeah yeah forest or a small kind of uh, 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 hillock and luckily any mulch on the forest floor dealt with by interdental brushes yeah uh, which I can thoroughly recommend. I think that's implied. Yeah. Anyway, folks, keep your mists coming to john at moonunderpod.com. We thank you so much uh, for listening to us and uh, supporting us, whether in a vibe sense or through Patreon itself. Mm. And we'll be back with you very soon. Bye-bye. Ooh, bye. I know one thing we could say before the end, though. Yes, please. This week, we are delighted to have Barry from Sandwiches of History ah, from the Moon Underwater. Yes. And if you go to his Instagram page, you can see that he made the very sandwich that we talked about on the show. He made the peanut butter and jalapeno sandwich that has long since haunted my brain. Doesn't just haunt your brain if you've ever tried it. (laughs) I actually plussed up that sandwich this week. You'll never guess what I had. Well, I think... Well, you don't eat meat, but I think a slice of crispy bacon in that would would be nice. Well, Robin, don't you just know... Go on. I had toasted sourdough peanut butter, jalapenos, vegan bacon, and Ooh. maple syrup. Oh. And it was absolutely delicious. That's very nice. It was very, very nice. And I think you would like it as well, with the irregular bacon. I really would. I also got a message from someone who said they would, they tried out the uh, cheese and onion and salad cream sandwich as well, which is... Uh, which does repeat, but is worth it at the time, like all things. Yeah, yes, yeah, but it's it's well worth it, especially if you live alone. <laughs> uh, so, folks, we'll be back with you next week, and uh, we hope that your pub is in weeks, and your week is in pubs. Bye-bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. 
We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. (laughs) This was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout season two, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.